The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Dr. Gans Ferentz in studio with us for another edition of How Does That Make You Feel? We've been talking about dealing with tragedies and specifically with uh, dealing with the emotions of those around us, particularly um, children. Mm. I, I want to uh, walk back another thing that I, I said long before I was in radio, mm. but I'll, I'll own up to it right now. Whenever I heard the expression to validate someone's feelings, mm-hmm. I always thought, oh, I got <laughs> a validate. feeling. Yeah, I don't want to do that, right? Mm. Uh, but I've learned over the years. <laughs> Surprise! That, right. <laughs> but I've, uh, you know, hey, listen, I'm still growing as a human. I know. That's right. I, I've Never learned stopped. over the years that when in something as simple as a customer service situation mm-hmm. where somebody doesn't like the service they mm-hmm. got, rather than go right to uh, dismissing the complaint or explaining the complaint or coming up with an alternative theory as to how the complaint happened, if you simply stop and go, I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. it means the world. Oh, yeah. And I can imagine in dealing with a child's mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. of the world, mm-hmm. um, to dismiss it and say mm-hmm. you're worrying about something that you can't control, it's stupid, don't do it, rather than say, I know exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. That's got to be the starting point for that yeah. conversation. Well, you know, you dismiss you dismiss somebody's feelings, you're dismissing them. Do you know what I mean? That's how it feels, especially to a child. Well, it feels like that to an adult, too. Mm-hmm. So when you, can, when you can listen and validate, the person melts, right? They, they feel heard, they feel important, and then you can look at doing whatever else you need to do. And this is, this is you know, kind of the core of what's missing in general discourse nowadays in yes. our culture, right? Yep. Is trying to understand where the other person's coming from and understanding that their position may be valid to them, whether you understand it or, or attempting to it summarize or, their position for them. Right. Or yeah, before they're done. Right. <laughs> right. What is what what are good validating words mm-hmm. then? What what are good validating responses to a child, to anybody really when they're saying, you know, mommy, daddy, I, I don't understand what's going on. I'm scared, whatever. Mm. What what where do you start? So, you know, the, the big thing is, the, the first thing is without words, right? It, it really is listening. That's the first part, right? But active listening. You can't listen and, w- and look at your phone, right? You can't listen and watch TV or read the paper. So you actually have to look them in the eye, you know, especially with little kids, you want to get down to their level. So you're on their level so you don't feel like you're towering over them. It's like, tell me how you feel. And they're talking about stuff. Excuse me. And, and you know, you can, you can, um, I may not summarize their feelings, but you can, uh, um, sort of feed it back to them. So the idea is to be really, really curious about what they're talking about. And it's like, oh, so are, are you feeling scared, honey? Or is it, does your tummy feel weird? What's what's going on? Tell me a little bit more about okay. that. And so as you get more curious about it, they feel heard. They feel that what they're saying or how they're feeling is important. And they'll keep going. And they say, oh, I see. Yeah, your tummy feels all weird. And you, you kind of maybe have a hard time sleeping tonight. I get it. Yeah, I used to, I used to feel like that too. And sometimes I still do. And then you kind of validate that by saying, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, I, I've experienced that too. Once you do that, there is, there is that sense of, oh, okay, they get me. All right. And so there's a relaxation in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Their whole attitude changes. And then they're open to some guidance. And then mm-hmm. they're open to hearing, okay, well, here's what we can do to help you be safe. If you're walking down the sidewalk, you can just kind of maybe don't listen to the music. Maybe just listen to stuff around you. Maybe, you know, here's what we do at school to make sure you're safe. We've got fire drills. We've got these procedures, whatever, right? And then they're much more... Um, 
able to hear and listen to that. But we as adults, we have that. I mean, everybody who's been in any kind of relationship has felt misunderstood at some <laughs> point, okay? <laughs> Trying to communicate something. I don't want to look over. Is Jay looking at me right now? <laughs> <laughs> really hard, actually. No, I'm just <laughs> so, so um, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, just that little bit of... Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me more about that. And just that willingness to hear and willingness to listen and willingness and, to And I would imagine that validation will go a long way down the road. Oh, totally. When it comes to uh, somebody approaching me at the schoolyard for yep. to buy drugs and right. I How feel I, safe in dealing exactly. with and telling my yeah. parents about yeah. it. Somebody told me about this sex act. What do right. we do with that? Where yep. does that go? Right? Yeah. And, and you're able to have that kind of conversation, right? So, yeah, it does actually absolutely build the relationship. So, and, and the, the, the converse is also true. If there is a sense that you're not being heard, we tend, and this is, I, I think this is an unconscious thing that we do, we all tend to dig in and try to prove our point. Mm. Unconsciously. We're not trying to, but we just keep going. We stay stuck. We keep crying. We keep pushing. We keep arguing, whatever it is, when we don't feel like the other person's actually getting yeah. us. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, because this is a bit of a uh, grenade in the, in the uh, <laughs> outhouse. But let's take that Toronto van attack. Mm -hmm. And let's take a child who says to their parents, I don't feel good about this, I mm -hmm. feel scared. Mm -hmm. um, and the parent has done all that you've suggested. Mm -hmm. And But at the end of that conversation, there's nothing those individuals on Young Street could have done to prevent that from right. happening. It's random, right? and they're still victims of it. Mm -hmm. And you can't lie to your child and say, it's not possible for that to happen right. to you. So how do you just get it past that last yard into the end zone? That's a hard one, right? But because it's it's like anything else, like a car crash or you know a plane coming down, or earthquake, you know something like that, right? These things do exist, and they're really rare. And it's it's that last part that that that, that they have to understand. Especially young children don't really have a good grasp of statistics. Most adults don't have a good mm. grasp of statistics. So you know to be able to share with them, you know, look, honey, these things do happen. They do exist. But you have to, like, how long have you lived now? You've lived for this long? Okay, have you ever seen this before? No, okay, so it's, like, probably not that, that often that it comes up. And, you know, and, and help them through that because that, that's, that's a little longer of a sell, mm -hmm. especially for a younger kid or if they're really, really scared. Um, but, but for us adults, too, this is what we have to remind ourselves. It's news because it doesn't happen every day. Do you, you know what I mean? That's, sure. that's why it's so sensational because we're not used to it, that's which right. is good. We don't want to be used to it. Dr. Gans Ferentz in studio this afternoon. A quick break here at 344. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up this conversation. There's a couple questions on the text mm -hmm. line as well that uh, I'm going to throw it at, at you as well. Sure. Coming up to uh, 4 o'clock on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon what? News. Yeah, it's flying by as it always was, does with Dr. Time. Gans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Gans Ferentz, you can uh, find him online at drgans.com. Lots of great information there. And if you're ever wondering, you want to go back and, and listen to uh, the conversations that we've had over the past couple of years, you can do so on the uh, 6.30 Chet Afternoon News page on 630chat.com. I'm like, it's not the Facebook page. And they're all listed there, so you can go check them out there. So, finally on this one, I guess the big one is, you know, coming back around and making mm -hmm. sure just that the kids know that you're there for them yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, 
So all the stuff we've been talking about with uh, validating their feelings, mm-hmm. um, taking time to be, get at their physical level when you're talking to them, to actually bringing up the conversation that there's something going on and you, you're willing to talk with them about that all helps them to understand they're loved. And so anything else that you do to help them know that they're loved, like bringing in the other type of energy. Hey, let's go, let's go for a walk. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's go hang out. Let's play a board game. Let's watch a, let's watch a funny show. Uh, all that stuff helps them to feel that they're safe and they're loved. And, and that is an extra, that, that's one of the best protectors you can give them for what they face in terms of the information coming at them, okay. right? So letting them know that. And then, you know, do like other family activities. Like, um, so one of the things that can help us as adults, but it's great to do with your kids, is do something active that shows some compassion. When, what, what we find is when we, when, when people are going through stuff, even, even if they're actually physically in the trauma themselves, not just like witnessing it or hearing about it, when you can do something nice for somebody else, you, you can take some food to a neighbor, volunteer at the food bank, give some blood, shovel someone's sidewalk or cut somebody's lawn, I guess now, uh, <laughs> or rake it, I guess, um, you know, do, do, helping, helping somebody who's in need, doing something active helps to bring back that sense of control, that sense of agency in our own lives that we lose when we either go through or witness a trauma, because that's one of the things that is lost. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, if it's not there, that sense of helplessness is a key component to developing post-traumatic stress disorder is when you're, when you, you know, you, you pair up trauma with helplessness, it's a bad combination. So you want to give yourself that sense of agency, that sense of control yeah. uh, and autonomy in your own life in whatever way you can. I don't know that we have enough time for this, and if it's not possible, let's put mm-hmm. it over to another show. Okay. Uh, but in with the events that have happened over the last few days in mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, we've uh, talked to one terrorism expert here at the University of Alberta. We've read the words of another, and they both refer to what they call leakage. And mm-hmm. um, so signs, in other words, that somebody in your life or in your circle of friends is possibly getting to the point where they could commit mm-hmm. an act like mm-hmm. this, that it's often not as a result of any kind of criminal background or uh, affiliations, but that there is leakage, uh, that their Facebook page seems a little darker than normal. Mm-hmm. or uh, And the idea being that when you see that, to tell somebody or mm-hmm. to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are we looking for? And I, I realize it's a huge question with very little time left, but are, are we just right. looking for behavior that's not normally their behavior? Well, okay, so this we, we may need to talk about this more at another time okay. as well, but you, you, you are looking for things like isolation. Isolation's a big one. When they start to pull away and, and stop connecting with their normal people, um, uh, changes in behavior that feel seem out of character for that individual. But I was talking to somebody this morning, and, and they're saying, you know, when you're with somebody, it's like a slow creep. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like you're watching, you're watching mm-hmm. the grass. The grass is growing. You don't see it growing because it's it's growing so slowly. And we get used to the person's kind of oddness or whatever, whatever their idiosyncrasies are, that we don't always necessarily see them. So don't, if you can't see, don't blame yourself. But you know, we need to be looking out for this because it's it's the same deal with this individual driving the van or people who are getting ra- radicalized on whichever way, whichever way they're radicalized. These people are hurting. They're not. They're not bad people necessarily, right? Or at least they didn't start off that way. But they feel alienated. They feel left out. They feel angry. They feel hurt. They feel depressed. Whatever they might feel. And so when 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 we who are around these people can notice that and help them 
see if they can address that in some way, that can help save them and maybe save other people a lot of hurt as well. But here's the thing. The other part of that is we can't, you can't force another adult to get therapy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't, like, unless they, the, the way everything is written, unless they've already done something, mm. the, the law can't even, like, police can't even intervene. Do you know what I mean? And so, so it's, it's really difficult to be able to um, predict or prevent this. Otherwise, we get into the whole minority report kind of lifestyle. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Where you're, you're, you're stopping crimes before they happen sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, we did have a question on the text line, mm-hmm. Hans, and it mm-hmm. says, can you ask uh, the doctor, I refuse to go to funerals because my reaction is over the top, mm-hmm. and it almost seems like I'm intention-seeking because I'm certainly not as mm-hmm. close to the dead people as some people in the room. This grief messes me up for days. How mm-hmm. can I explain this to people who expect me to go, or how do I get over this? Right. Well, with with everything, it always starts with acceptance. You have to accept that this is how you are for right now, and that that's that's your starting point, and that's okay. Um, don't beat yourself up for that. Um, uh, you can try to explain to the people who you're around that you know. Um, this stuff really hits me hard. Mm-hmm. It really, really hits me hard, and so I I would like to go. I want to support the other people that are there. I want to show my respects. But I also don't want to be a distraction. And so um, I'll send a donation or I'll send some flowers or please convey my condolences, but I, I'm not going to be able to go. Mm-hmm. And, and just accept that that's, that's, you're okay to say that, that that's okay for you to do to look after yourself and also to be respectful to the people who may have lost somebody. Um, in terms of what you do for yourself, we all, we all have whatever background we have. We grow up and we've been through stuff and stuff happens and so we are who we are. Um, so everybody comes to the table with different stuff. And if this is if this is something that is heavy for you, it would be good to maybe talk to that talk to somebody about that. Explore that with a professional and help yourself to kinda of understand that, but also give you an outlet to be able to put that you know, to, to point that in. Um, one of the things that I do to deal with my emotions, and I suggest this to my clients and in workshops that I do, is is to write in a journal, right? Mm. When you write stuff out, mm. you actually start to get it out from your head, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to spend energy trying to contain it, mm-hmm. especially emotions, right? You get it out, You because you're writing, it's slower than you can think, so you actually get to process it a little bit differently, you get to externalize it, you see kind of what it is and what it's for and you can actually keep writing and kind of figure out where it comes from it, it's very it's a great tool for self-awareness and also to kind of dump some of these emotions or take the heat off it so that if you do have to talk to somebody or, or you know go to the funeral uh-huh. or whatever you're not overflowing already before you get there well because sometimes again as you said we all come to the table with mm-hmm. stuff in our world and and when we walk into a funeral mm-hmm. yeah we're coming to a funeral with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you know possibly mm-hmm. in your past in your mm-hmm. current whatever and when you're in a sad situation it is oh, very yeah, easy comes. for the banks just to, oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. break right down right. and so yeah maybe yeah you're not necessarily dealing with super just that, just that. Yeah. you're mm-hmm. dealing with 
something else oh, yeah, back yeah. there as and, well. And again, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't have to spend all that energy can, trying to contain yeah. that or letting it poke out, right? And, and and this is the thing. I mean, this is what shows up with anger sometimes or with, you know, with people who are really, really emotional. They they say, oh, no, I'm, I'm too emotional. Well, what, what we do is counterintuitive because we try to contain it. And then it spills out when we're not looking or when we're not, you know, when we don't want it to. And the idea is if we deal with stuff early when it's not, when there's not a lot of heat on it, mm-hmm. then it's a lot easier to deal with. Somebody, somebody said, like, you know, um, trying to contain your emotions is kind of like keeping starving dogs in the basement. Mm-hmm. The, the longer they're down there, the more vicious they get. Mm-hmm. And so you're scared to open the door to throw some meat down. Mm. But, the you know, the longer you, you, the more fear you have, and the less you open the door, the more vicious they get. So the idea is we need to start to feed the dogs early. Wow. Feed the dogs. That's a good one. Write that mm-hmm. one down. Uh, before we run out of time, when's your uh, book coming out? Yeah, so we had a little bit of delay with oh. the printing. but uh, Didn't pay the bill? Or? What? <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't print quite right, so okay. I had to send it back, but uh, but it's coming. So probably within the next, well, for sure within the next month. And the name of that out. book is? The name of the book is the, the Me Factor, Your Systematic Guide to Getting What the Hell You Want. Nice. And if anybody's interested in pre-ordering that, go to my website, drgaz.com, and there's places on there you can join the list. All right, sounds good. The hour always goes by far too quickly, Gans, as you well know. <laughs> I always enjoy it too, guys. Do you? Oh, yeah, Is it, absolutely. You know, listen, uh, go on record. You don't don't feel as though you have to. <laughs> we, we always talk about how therapeutic it is to have you here in uh, the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but we agree with everything you say. So does that validation help you? <laughs> it does immensely. All right. <laughs> My bill is in the mail. <laughs> Dr. Right. Gans Ferentz, you can find the website, drgans.com. You can find our previous conversations at the 630 Ched. Uh, .com website. Just go to Afternoon News and it's all right there. Mm -hmm. Lots of them. I think they need to be labeled still, Mm -hmm. but there's lots (laughs) of them there. Thanks, Gans. Thanks for having me, guys. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.